Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. It's Thursday evening, about 10.30 Eastern. Everybody's been traveling, and we'll talk about that in a second. But joining us from the Bay Area, where uh, he's out with some um, family, and I believe going to a Warriors game before uh, his big weekend on the MVP docket in Denver, is Tim Bonteps. That's right, Brian. Warriors Sixers Friday. Bucks, Nuggets, mm. Saturday, Nuggets, Sixers, Monday. Big weekend. Big uh, weekend in Denver. Um, That's right. Just off the aeroplane from Memphis, Tennessee, where he was at John Morant's uh, redemption game uh, on uh, Wednesday night. Back in Dallas, it's Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. Wendy, I wasn't able to get one of those hoodies for you, but uh, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep trying. All right. Well, maybe they'll go into mass production. I'm at my mother's home in Akron, Ohio. So uh, we had into a Cavaliers game over this weekend. Cavaliers, by the way, with a wild win uh, on Thursday Mm. night. We'll talk to you about that. Uh, But also on the road. And we need to get a report from our from our fine producer, Jackson Agello, who attended tonight's Knicks Mavericks, uh, Knicks Mavericks, Knicks Magic game at the Amway Center. Jackson. Defeat for your Knicks, a lot mm. now a three-game losing streak, six of nine. Oh. What is your report from attending this, you know, magic victory? Cole Anthony, 18 points off the bench. What do you got? I, I certainly got that down the stretch of that game, Mitchell Robinson certainly cannot guard Wendell Carter Jr. in a pick and roll situation. And that it was about 70-30 Knicks, and the Knicks fans did not go home happy. That is for <laughs> sure. And also the drummer. I would like to file a petition. I don't know who I need to work with on this, the Orlando Magic, whoever is in charge of this, to have a drummer who just consistently plays right where my seats were throughout the game at random moments. So, so loud. There's music still playing as well. So it's a secondary music. And that will haunt me for the rest of the night. I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night to him playing some smooth jazz <laughs> as Julius Randle dribbles up the court to take a contested fadeaway. Mm. I guess uh, I guess Jackson didn't want us to see like the tear stains on his cheeks because he didn't pop on, uh, didn't pop on with a video for our YouTube. He's not camera. He's not camera ready. He's you know he's on he was on vacay. He's he's going down to see. I believe he's going to a Yankee spring training game. Uh, I am week. going tomorrow. Big big weekend for Jackson. And by Damn. the way, by the way, you mentioned this Cavs win earlier to go with this Knicks loss. Catastrophic week for the Cavs because the Miami Heat are zooming up the standings. And if I'm the Cleveland Cavaliers, I do not want to be seeing Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo in the first round. And they, this win over the Nets today, these Knicks lost to Orlando, Miami beating the Knicks on Wednesday night. This is all coming up. Miami heat this week. It's not good for the Cavs. I mean, I don't want to jump in on the uh, USWB corner that McMahon has, uh, I'm just saying that was my first thought watching this game tonight. I was I was actually I mean, going to be a big win okay. for the Nets. Yeah, okay, hold come on, on man. Yeah. It was an absolutely. Saying, it was like the greatest moment of Isaiah Okoro's uh, Isaac Okoro's Isaac Okoro. <laughs> you can tell I'm tired. You can tell I'm messing up names. Isaac Okoro's career. He hits a three. There's a screen. You know, Jonathan Mitchell's at the line with a free throw to tie with 11 seconds left. He botches the free throw, probably commits a lane violation, but gets the offensive rebound. It turns into a, a mess. 
Well, you also missed him missing two layups after he got the offensive rebound. He missed one. Just let the man talk. Anyway, long story short, there's a scramble. Karis Levert finds Isaac Okoro in the corner, hits a three with seven tenths of a second left. The Cavs celebrate at the Barclays Center um, and pretty much locked down. I think their magic number to clinch the number four seed is down to four. Yeah, they're the going to be the four seed. With the Knicks losing also tonight in front of Jackson while he's getting uh, drummed in his ear. Uh, by the way, had the Knicks like won tonight, had Randall backed up his 57 from earlier this week and you know threw in like 45, Jackson would have been like, oh man, I always remember that awesome drumming that was happening as the Knicks were pounding <laughs> uh-huh. the magic. But um, let them have their moment, Bontemps. It was a, it was an Seriously. incredible, miraculous. I was watching it. Was it? It was oh. an awesome win. You I'm just saying. Catast- you called it the Listen, catastrophic the combination. Win. The combination of events is to me, in terms of the Cavs advancing in the playoffs, very bad. Because I would not want to be playing the Miami Heat in the first round. That's all. This this is among the long list of reasons that nobody likes you. You're the, the, the <laughs> urine, all, plenty of people. The urine, plenty of people like me. First of all, nobody. Second nobody of all, with, I'm just I'm speaking sorry. the truth. Nobody with good taste. Urine soaked <laughs> wet blanket. This is. I mean, this is just. Um, this is an extreme case of you just tinkling all over a blanket and hey. smothering people with it. If let me ask the resident uh, Cleveland person on the on the pod, who if the Cavs are picking a team in the first round between Miami, New York, and Brooklyn, who who's getting picked third? On that list, it's an, it, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's Miami sure. Heat. So there you go. That's all my point is. The Knicks okay, losing fine. all these games, as and the Heat winning all these games has gotten this thing right tight up. It was supposed. I thought it was going to be Cavs Knicks for sure. Now Isaac Isaac like Okoro, their high lottery pick, who is struggling to have an NBA career because he can't shoot, made a game-winning three-pointer. I don't think they're crying because. Uh, yeah, because well, they've yes, won the game. Of course, they're of course. Also, Donovan thrilled. Mitchell is the best lane violator in the league. This is twice this year he's had game saving lane violations. It's true. Yeah. This is the third time we've seen a missed free throw at the end of a game lead to a victory, basically. Luca, mm-hmm. um, Donovan Mitchell, uh, in that incredible 71 point game where he had the wild um um just crazy putback um to force over help force overtime. And this happened again. And by the way, all these situations that were friendly fire rebound, uh, friendly fire. Remember in the, the Luka yep. game when he had the incredible putback? Oh, yeah. That happened again tonight. The, the Nets had a friendly fire. I don't know which two players, but two players came together and, and uh, knocked it out. I had someone um, in the league point out to me yesterday that the so the Heat are 40 and 34. They beat the Knicks on Wednesday night. It was an impressive performance by Jimmy Butler, which is – what Jimmy Butler does. And as the season has gotten down to the stretch, Jimmy Butler is starting to really flex his muscle. They got a huge game, by the way, with Brooklyn on Saturday too. And then they play the Knicks next week. Right. The Knicks game will be potentially key for the Cavs to see what that happens there. Um, So the heat are 40 and 34. I don't know what they're going to finish there. They, all they do is play close games. Um, So they, they, they host the Nets, they host the Raptors, then they go to New York, and then their last five games are Mavericks at home. That's going to be challenging. Um, Pistons on the road. I'll, you know, Pistons haven't won in two months. 76ers on the road, Wizards on the road, Orlando at home. 
I don't know how many wins you're giving them there, but they're going to have least, a winning at record. At least three. At least three. Right. Minimum. They're going to have a winning record. And this is what I'm building towards. They have a negative point differential. Hmm. They're 40 and 34, and they have a negative point differential. Here are the teams right now that have a negative point differential. None of them have winning records. Okay. The Jazz, I'm sorry, the Jazz are slightly above. The Lakers, we're going to talk about in a second, still under 500. That should just be a, a, a tagline for the late, the 2000. The Jazz, by the way, the Jazz are 0.0. Right. It's 0.1. They rounded up. Um, that should be the tagline for the Lakers. The 2022-23 LA Lakers, dot, 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 still below 500. Um, the, the Hawks, the Timberwolves, the Wizards, the Blazers, the Magic, the Pacers, and then like the dregs at the bottom, Hornets, Pistons, Rockets, Spurs. The Heat have a comparable differential to all of those losing teams, and they're six games over 500. Okay. Um, let me tell you what I make of that. I make of it that when they win, they win close because like every mm-hmm. Heat game is a close game. And two, that Eric Spolstra should get consideration for coach of the year. Now he, Mike Brown's going to win it, but my guy on the other side of the red river deserves some pretty serious consideration. He certainly does. Fair enough. No longer coaching the tanker. For sure. Not for sure. Not. Mark Dagonalt is who he's referring. I think is who you're referring to. That's what yeah, the Red sir. River is. That is who. That's who he's referring okay, to. I, I was going to say. You know, yeah. For people who aren't yeah. sure what the Red G- River is, yeah. Give no, me look the up, ge- look, geography stuff. Look yeah. him up on LinkedIn. <laughs> he doesn't well, even need his LinkedIn account anymore. You guys know that I have an affinity for Jalen Williams, their rookie, and Bontemps makes fun of me because which one? J J Dub, the wing player, the wing player, the lottery pick. That's the right, the lottery pick. pick. Uh, Bontemps makes fun of me for um you know coming to the understanding that he's a good player during the season. Well Bob Brian only didn't it. Brian only found out he existed when he played against LeBron. So then it was like, oh, there's this guy. Oh he, stop. That's, don't that's do not, don't do th- don't do Wendy like that. Don't do Wendy like but, that. Um that's my point true. is when he came to he told the story that when he came to the workout to do his workout last year for the Thunder, he had no idea Mark Dagonault was. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he was like, wow, this guy's a, you know, everybody seems to be paying attention to this guy. He seems to be a pretty good coach, you know, because normally in the workouts, you know, the development coaches yeah, or the assistants put you through it, not the head coach <laughs> and the head coach is out there and he found out afterwards. Yeah. That's the head coach. Um, so anyway, uh, I just want to point out, you know, the heat doing their heat things where they just sort of, yeah. you know, gin stuff together and like it's just like last year like i i thought they were cooked in that series against the celtics like four different times and next thing you know it's a game seven and i thought the game was over i went to the bathroom because i was figuring oh i'm going to be working a lot after the game went to the bathroom and they went like on a 6-0 run like i came out of the bathroom and they like there was like they had the ball the chance to tie i was like what the hell just happened um so anyway, I would just like to point out that you know while I think that we should uh, give the Cavs their props for getting that victory, there is some reason if you're the Cavs, you'd much rather play the a team that is not as playoff experienced than, than the Heat with uh, with a you know certified playoff. Well, and I was going to say the best player in the series, 
the best player in the series too would be Jimmy Butler, which is not what you want to see if you're going into a series either. Well, I mean, I don't think that's a hot take. Well, he's the most established playoff performer in the series. I mean, I, I've, I'm, I'm picking Jimmy Butler first if I'm he's going the into most, a series with those teams. He is the most established playoff performer, but Donovan Mitchell does have multiple 50-point playoff performances. Donovan, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's a great player. I, I'm not, I don't think it's casting aspersions on him to say that Jimmy Butler would be picked first in that series. And Jimmy Butler. We'll say that. I, I, I think as a player, I think Donovan Mitchell will be All NBA this season, and Jimmy Butler probably won't. Oh, Jimmy Butler but, absolutely will be All NBA this season. He'll be second team All NBA. You think lock so? that in. Absolutely. Okay. Well, look the at the All NBA. Look at the All NBA yeah. forward. That's aggressive. Okay. Okay. There's three guys who are get, definitely going to make All NBA: Giannis, Jason Tatum, and Jimmy Butler. After that, All NBA forward is a adventure. Hmm. But Jimmy, it's Jimmy's the, locked it's in. It's because of the injuries, and now Paul George m- right. m- probably misses the rest of the regular season. I don't want you to do there. And um, by the way, I, one of the, on the net side of this thing, just because we're talking about this game, since Kevin Durant hurt his knee, Nets are 12 and 21. Since they made the trades, the first the Kyrie trade, they were 7 and 14. Safe to say, if they fall out of the top six and they're in the play-in, you're not going to feel very good if you're the Nets about making the playoffs, which ultimately might be good for the Nets because they would end up with a lottery pick. But they have their pick this year. This is they, the year that they have their pick. They do have. They, they would be swapped if they somehow won the lottery with with Houston. Mm-hmm. But um, but they will have a pick, and you know certainly uh, if they yeah if they fall out of that top six and they have to play say Atlanta and Toronto first couple you know you're probably not going to be favored to win those games. So it's a pretty pretty devastating loss from a playoffs standpoint from their side too um if jimmy butler makes all nba which Bontemps believes he's got a very good shot and i you know it just it's just hard to you know i don't, I don't know i don't know if you can put lebron in there we're going to talk about in a second but- i am marking in siakam i had paul george but you make a point with him with him out Randall i would just have jimmy case. ahead of all those guys anyway i, I mean jimmy's awesome well here's a point if that happens, Jimmy Butler, I believe back-to-back years, might need Stats Williams on this one, hmm. will not make the All-Star team and make All-NBA. That is correct. He was an, all- he was an All-Star in 2022. He was? He might have been. That's it might have been, the- been two years ago. I'll oh, look it up okay. right now. I'll look it up right now when he made it, but he definitely made it. He definitely did make the All-Star game one year and made All-NBA. Might have been 21. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's... Yes, Talk he was an all star. He was an all star in 2021, and uh, or he was an all NBA player in 2021. Didn't make the all star game. Okay, so twice, two out of three years. All right, well, he's on a max contract. That's all that matters. Um, you know, he probably prefers to have the midseason break anyway, and you know, he drops the hammer at the end. Um, all right, we mentioned the Lakers. They're back to within one game of 500 uh, on the back of Austin Reeves. Um. I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of not joking because uh, Austin Reeves won him the last two games. Uh, I'm just going to tell you that right now. And I'm not uh, saying that Austin Reeves is um, a transformational player or whatever, but I'm telling you right now, Austin Reeves won the last two games. Do you think and, that they should hold LeBron out even if he's healthy just because it's Austin Reeves' no, team now? I mean, I saw Jay Will, Jay Will said that, Jason Williams. Jay Williams said that. I, I mean, well, so Austin Reeves had 35, six and six, and then 25 and 11 in those two games. So, yeah, I would say he, I would say he led them to those wins. I don't think you're breaking ground by saying that. Well, the thing is, they moved him into the starting lineup and he basically played point guard. 
Yeah. Uh, he basically, you know, what, what, you know, and I know Anthony Davis had 14 points in the third quarter of that game um, against the Suns, but the Suns can make a pretty good argument. Game. Yeah, you can make a pretty good argument right now. He's their second best player with all the Browns playing. <laughs> the Suns won won the third quarter where Anthony Davis scored 14. Um, anyway, the Lakers play the Thunder on Friday night. I don't know if Shea Gildas Alexander is playing in that game. I. It's hard for me to predict when Shea's going to play. They have a back-to-back. Um, Mark Daniel said earlier this. Yeah, Mark Daniel said earlier this week that uh, back-to-backs are in play now for him. He's because he's got improved with his abdominal injury. So, well, the sixth seed we'll is see. in play for the Thunder. Yes. as well. That's right. <laughs> Certainly is. Uh, and quite frankly, had Shea not gotten hurt last month and had to miss three or four, and then he got uh, COVID. They might have been the four seed. Like, I don't know where they would be, but they would be higher. And they're only uh, a couple I losses them, back of Phoenix now. That's what I'm saying. They could have been the four seed. Well, I'll tell you this. I saw him play in Phoenix twice without um, Shea. They lost both games. I happened to be there. Did that, uh, did that hurt that, your feelings that you didn't get to watch them? Were you clearly, clearly. No, because I got to watch Jalen Williams, at least in one of the games. Um, <laughs> The second game, in the second game, Jalen Williams didn't play either because Jalen Williams missed some games too. But it's a good point. <laughs> they might have beaten the Phoenix in those two games because they they played Phoenix a couple days ago with Shea, and he lowered the boom. Although Phoenix doesn't have Aiton right now. All right, my point is the Lakers. They put out an update about LeBron today. Um, there was kind of a non-update, but within minutes of the update, the Lakers put out that basically said he'll continue basketball activities. Um, continue progressing. Um, mm-hmm. There was a ton of reporting that the hope was he'd be able to come back for the end of the regular season. LeBron then jumped onto Twitter and mm. said he didn't have an evaluation and that nothing has changed and that he has no timetable. And I was like, but you understand that the team just put out a statement, LeBron. Like, I, I don't, I don't even know what happened there, but uh, he did. I think- he did finish this with, I speak for myself. So and he does. Um, let me say this. This situation, although the injury is different, reminds me a lot of a, two years ago when Solomon Hill landed on his ankle. He had the high ankle sprain. He basically missed four or five weeks. He came back and played the last. He'll, he'll probably have played more in that than this. If this you know, he, I think he played, may played like four or five of the last six games. Then they went into the playoff series. Um, he, he put up decent numbers, but clearly was not hundred percent limp through it. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers got knocked out in the first round. Um, I believe by the Suns. Um, and uh, Jay Crowder doing a little salsa dance at the end there. Yes, that absolutely sure. is true. Um, I wonder if we're headed for the same thing here, which is that LeBron. Again, I wonder, I don't know 100% for sure where it's where LeBron like normally wouldn't come back on this injury, but because the situation is where it is that he's going to try. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the question really is um, if you're LeBron and you're 38 years old and you smell the opportunity to try to do something in the playoffs, why wouldn't you come back? Right. You know, like, I mean, what's he saving it for? Like if he blows out the tendon, he'll have, I don't know, he'll, whatever, he'll recover. Like, I I mean, I'd be stunned that he doesn't come back. 
I don't know what he's going to give him, but I'd be stunned if he doesn't come back. And, and I mean, if you're the Lakers, you're seeing Austin Reeves and you're seeing D'Angelo Russell. And, you know, every now and then you're seeing Malik Beasley and you're seeing Jared Vanderbilt, like you're clinging to something, you, you know, you're, you're clinging to it. You're clinging to executive of the year hopes. I mean, come on back, Bontemps LeBron, and laughing boost those things. Well, I just, I mean, I mean, just it just sounds ridiculous. I mean, they're clinging to something. I mean, it, we've just been having this conversation about the Lakers. Listen, endlessly for if, months if, now. If the regular season ended right now uh, at nine or ten fifty-five p.m. Eastern tonight, I would be seeing the Lakers right here in Dallas in the nine ten play-in game. Well, by the way, that's what I want to see, honestly. Luca, Boy, imagine Luca the theater versus, of that. Yeah, Luca versus LeBron and the loser of that game is honestly, it's absolutely humiliating given their their stature in this league. Maybe they're Can playing for imagine? Kyrie Services next year. Winner, they should just have a they should just have a, a contract on the court before the game. Winner, winner gets to keep Kyrie. <laughs> How long of a contract? Well, that's a, that's a whole other question. <laughs> just put it under a ball at mid court, like just put like the contract underneath the ball, and like whoever. Um, by the way, McMahon, you left Dallas for that Memphis game, and all hell broke loose in Dallas, um, uh, with protests, etc. Um, I did, I did, I, I did see the Mavs in Memphis. I saw, I saw. Uh, speaking of post game events with Kyrie, I saw him decline a Dylan Brooks offer of a <laughs> of a jersey swap. Was- that was. That was pretty damn entertaining. It was almost as uh, entertaining <laughs> as his quote about it, which was like maybe next time or something like maybe, that. Maybe maybe next time. Well, I asked I asked Dylan about it, and he goes, "I wouldn't swap jerseys with me if I didn't know myself either." I was like, "Okay." He goes, <laughs> "He goes, I'll just sign his myself and put it up on my, on my wall." <laughs> so he, he was he was fine with the whole thing. I actually saw him. He was walking off the court, and he had Kyrie's jersey, and he's he had his jersey in his hand too because he took his jersey off. Kyrie didn't take it. He had his jersey in his hand, and uh, he saw Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, Jaron had just finished up doing like the little on court interview. <laughs> and Dylan, go, Dylan said he didn't take the jersey and he started cracking up. So <laughs> his feelings weren't hurt. He thought it was pretty funny. Um, Kyrie re aggravated his foot in that game, though. <laughs> when Dylan then, Brooks stepped on it. <laughs> is that when it was? I didn't know that. Yeah, and actually, there was a review of the play. Brooks was originally called for a foul, and they ended up uh, giving Dwight Powell an, an offensive foul for, you know, shoving Brooks into uh, into Kyrie. But yeah, Brooks stepped on the foot, and the ankle twisted, and so there was concern about the ankle immediately. Uh, but he said after the game that it was really a reaggravation of the foot injury. And, and obviously he sat out against the Warriors. And then we'll see uh, with what's left of the Hornets coming to town tomorrow. Well, the Hornets just got whipped by the Pelicans tonight. Um, and lost like three says, players during that game. Did Oubre, Oubre, Rozier, and then Dennis Smith Jr. went out sick. Oh, my God. Um, let me say this about Kyrie and foot injuries. And I want to be hundred percent clear. I'm not implying that this is the exact same injury that he had, mm-hmm. but his first year playing with LeBron, he had a, he had a sore right foot It happened in the playoffs and he tried to play through it. He may, mm-hmm. he might take it a game or two off, but he kept, he, he kept having to come out of games and he played on the sore right foot. And he was like, man, I just don't have my acceleration. He complained about it, but he kept playing. Then his left knee started hurting him. 
Mm-hmm. And he couldn't finish a couple of playoff games with his left knee. And he went and saw James Andrews and James Andrews said, you know, whatever. And like, I, I'm not hundred percent sure. I remember Kyrie at the time saying your body acts in mysterious ways. He thought that there was a, a connection. And so he played on the sore foot, which led to a sore knee, mm-hmm. took some time off, played on the sore knee, broke his kneecap. Kneecap surgery ended up getting infected and he had to have the hardware mm. taken out and he got some sort of infection and it ruined his first season in Boston. So Kyrie has, I think his quote this earlier this uh, last week or this week or something was like, I want to be able to walk when I'm 40. Kyrie's been through the ringer with this yeah. sore foot. So keep that in mind as he makes some decisions going forward. I don't know if it's a foot injury is the same. I know it was the same right foot. Well, it was, he says it's, he says it's near the, the big toe. And first he said it was worse than he thought. Uh, that's why it took a little longer than anticipated. He came back and by your standards, he was, he played pretty well, which is what we call 38, six and six in the game winning <laughs> assist in LA. And then the first three quarters in, in Memphis, he had 28 points on 10 of 16 shooting. Didn't have any assists, but part of an assist is guys have to like make shots when you get them open looks. Uh, and then that's also uh, a throwback to the Cleveland days. Right. And so this injury actually happened, or the, the aggravation of it happened like very early in the third quarter, fourth quarter, he went 0 of eight. Uh, that was the fourth quarter where one Maverick got a bucket. Jaden Hardy got three of them. Nobody else scored from the floor, including Kyrie 0 of eight, which is, uh, I believe the worst shooting fourth quarter of his career in terms of most misses without a bucket. And, uh, of course, Dylan Brooks was quick to credit uh, his physical defense wearing Kyrie down over the course of the game. Hey, you know, whatever. I don't know. Something happened. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. Guys, it's all about confidence. Confidence knowing you'll be ready to go when your partner is. And confidence knowing you'll be able to go a few extra rounds when needed. Confidence is what you get with the chewables from BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online surface that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. And now they also have Vardenafil, mint-flavored chewables, with the active ingredient in Levitra and Staxin. Blue Chew's tablets are a performance enhancement for the bedroom and can help men gain extra confidence when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll get your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's Sedenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare them to ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from an extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com. And there's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code HOOP at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code HOOP to receive your first month free. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, 
Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Can I say something else about that game, regardless of the protest stuff? I think the officials did Luca a favor because twice he gave the money Manziel thing, twice. Now, I know that one happened mm-hmm. with two seconds left, and you're probably not going to call it technical with two seconds left. But he did it earlier, and well, I was just watching thing, it on TV. The thing is, with two seconds left, you've had 47 seconds and 58 or 47 minutes and 58 seconds of Luca just <laughs> barking at you and, and all kinds of stuff. So listen, when you when you officiate a Luca game, you basically have to decide as a ref how much stuff am I willing to take because there's going to be like he's he okay, he complains but, more than anybody in the league. It's just a fact. Okay. Complaining about calls, fine. He's implying they were on the take. Yeah. Okay. So I've rarely seen a, a, a situation that was more appropriate to call a technical foul. Well, and listen, who's, uh, who's, the, uh, who's the ref that tossed Scotty Barnes? Scott Which Foster. one was that? Was that? Oh, yeah. Old Scott Foster. Shoot. Yeah. Scott Foster would have had him, you know, would have had him back at well, the house by, you know. Scott, Scott well, Foster that, was in Phoenix on Wednesday infuriating the Suns. He couldn't be bothered with uh yeah but by the way just before you go bon temps i'm sorry lucas got 15 texts hell yeah 16 but he got one rescinded so yeah yeah, 15 officially the math math can't exactly yeah math can't exactly afford to have luca missing games especially with kyrie hobble that's my point so while you Mm -hmm. while you while people want to scream and holler about whatever went down there i can't believe they didn't give him a tech for that and those and he and the, I think the, the one he like did it right to the one ref's face at the end of the game. It wasn't oh, like it was, he was hiding it. It was it was ridiculous. It was absolutely so, ridiculous. The, the, I think the Mavericks are lucky that they're getting Luca for this next game. I agree. They, and by the way, for all this talk about you know Mark Cuban saying this is the worst call in the history of humankind and Luca saying whatever, Luca saying the rest around the take. Here here's an idea: the the Golden State Warriors are a goddamn horrendous road team. They can't beat anybody on the road all season. They're now 9-29 and 29 on the road this season. The only teams with worse records than that are Denver, San Antonio, and Houston. What do they all have in common? They suck, and they're at the bottom of the standings. Not so Denver. here's an idea. Not Detroit, not Denver. Sorry, okay. Detroit. So here, here's an idea if you're Dallas. Beat a terrible road team at home in a game you absolutely need to win. How about you do that? Instead of saying that the refs are conspiring to to beat you and saying that the this is the worst call that ever has happened when if your team was allegedly going to inbound the ball you had nobody there to get the ball which would seemingly mean that you didn't think you were going to get the ball uh the whole thing i just it's well, just ridiculous whining yeah and, and i didn't get to watch a lot of that game because i was in memphis and you know and you were working able to watch some on on my phone but um, one thing that I would recommend if you're interested in winning a game is there at the end where it's like Steph Curry's got the ball in his hands and your man goes and sets a screen. Luca, you might want to, as Jason Kidd would say, participate defensively instead of just kind of 
staying yep. in the middle of the floor. Whoa, hey, there goes Steph Curry. He's really good at basketball. Oops, <laughs> he's gonna lay it up, and that's the game-winning points. It was a right. it was a pretty it was actually a pretty well executed play. It was a pretty well yeah, executed play because they went right at Luca and he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, it was right. well executed because they picked they picked the right guy to go at and went at him and succeeded. Right. So Which, listen, I'll, I'll I'll say this, Luca. Obviously, there's always going to be stuff with him. And the rest it increases as his frustration. He takes his frustration out on the rest, right? And no question, calls every game that he could get. That the flip side of that is. When you talk to other players about him on other teams, they're, they're complaining about how the guy takes as many free throws as pretty much anybody in the league. What mm-hmm. about all the calls he does get? So whatever. He is most animated with the rest, typically when he's frustrated about other things, and he's got a lot of things to be frustrated about right now. Uh, Cuban tends to raise the biggest stinks with the refs and other things uh, when you know he's trying to cover up the Problems with the Mavericks, and the Mavericks have a whole bunch of problems. He, right uh, he he protests against years from. ago. Yeah, distract from problems with the Mavericks. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. He protested look, the game three years ago. Not only did the league reject the protest, they fined him five hundred thousand for what he said. Yeah, do you remember and, that? And and the refs, like whether it was letter of the law, right? Like they should have blown the whistle and. No, it was it was not good officiating. Yeah, it wasn't. It was obviously, it was obviously a weird play. That, but that, yeah. the, the, just stop with the whining about how this cost you the game. I mean, the Warriors can't beat anybody right. on the road. Like, just don't lose well, to the Warriors also, at home in a huge game. There's also Christian Wood complaining to the ref about the call, and the ref pretty clearly telling him, you know, sorry, dude, it's Warriors ball. And I think I think C Wood might have forgotten by the time we got back to the bench. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's another pastime. Well, and also uh, the, the Mavs from the Mavs Christian Wood. Well, from the and from the Mavs time, the Mavs made this Kyrie trade. They're seven and eleven. So, you know, like yeah, they're not and, supposed to be going seven and eleven. No, they weren't. And I, I could sit here and say, yeah, well, hey, Luca missed time, Kyrie missed time, but they're three and six with both of them. So, it's a it's a massive all massive risk all in deal. That hey, there's still time for for magic to be created, but the, the results so far are really, really disappointing. Well, Bontemps pointed this out, I think, last week. <clears throat> There's so much time spent paying attention to the diff- difference between six and seven. The difference between eight and nine is massive. Oh, huge. Got to win one playoff. Got to win one out of two games to make the playoffs. They got to win two out of two to make the playoffs. Right, and and we'll see what happens with uh, with Clippers and Thunder right now. That is end of the first as we speak, and the the Clippers are up. But I'm sorry, well, I think I just botched it. I think the Thunder are up, but no, Clippers are up. I was right. So if the Thunder lose that game, you've got a four way tie at 36 and 37, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and the and Jazz the- are a half game back, one less win. Yeah, and the and the Wolves are only a half game up at uh, at thirty seven and thirty seven. Yeah. So, yeah, that the the playing picture in the West is going to be fascinating to track over these last whatever couple. Well, weeks and I'm going to tell you something else. The Hornets are in a tie. The Hornets, God, you can tell I'm tired. The Pelicans are in a tie for for tenth with the Lakers. A tie for ninth with the with the um, Mavericks and the Lakers. They put out a statement about Zion saying mm-hmm. that 
He's cleared for basketball activities. They're not going to bring him back immediately, but they'll reevaluate him in two weeks. There's three weeks left in the season. There's, I think there's two would, weeks. There's two weeks left in the season. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Two weeks, two and a half weeks. You're right, you're right because I'm still computing the play in as part of it. The regular yeah. season. Yeah, regular season ends in 16 days. Now, I would say that there's no way they're bringing Zion Williamson back. The guy hasn't played in three months, right? There's no way they're going to bring him back. But but what if they get to the last day of the season and they're in tied for 10th? Yeah, I would say I would say they're least likely to be tied. They have won three in a row, which congrats to them. They have defeated the Rockets, Spurs and Hornets. Well, this is the thing we've talked about with the whole Kevin Durant situation, too. When you, when a team says a guy's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, it almost never means the guy is playing in two weeks. It means they're going to put out another statement then saying the guy's progressed to some other thing, and then there'll be yeah, more but steps in this case, after that. He was cl- it's a little bit different. Like LeBron wasn't cleared for basketball activities today. Zion was cleared for basketball activities. Well, based off Zion Williams's history, I'm going to make a bet that he's, he's just, just showing up and playing. And magically in two weeks. Well, their last game of the season is in Denver against the Nuggets. The Nuggets are going to have that clinched. I, I don't even know who's going to play in that game. Yeah, probably no one. But that's they a, finished that's a win. I take it back. That's that's uh, that's the end of March. That's in a few days, not the end of April. Um, they actually have a four game road trip that they're about to go on. I guess I don't know. I, I just saw that in the that why would they not just rule them out? You know, they left the door open, you know, they're not doing them any favors by doing that. Because what if it comes down to that? What, you know, what if it's, you know, cause I don't, cause I think there is a slightly more than two weeks left. So yeah, there, I mean, there's two and a half weeks left. That's all. Okay, they put so it out on Wednesday. A, there was two and a half weeks. Yes. That leaves a half a week, <laughs> you know, I mean, is, you know, I'm just gonna, saying it's the same thing we said with the Durant thing. It's just generally. That's not how it works. Maybe in this case, it will be different, but generally that's not what happens. And with a guy coming off a hamstring injury, who's been out for that long, it's hard to imagine. They're just going to throw him out there. Maybe they will. Well, right. Especially but, with his injury history of getting re-injured. Yeah. You know? Just, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem likely now, who knows? Maybe he could come back a week after that. Maybe he could play in the play-in games, right? Or maybe he could play in the last game of the regular season. I don't know, but chances are he's not going to be able to, to play. It, it, it is kind of a crazy commentary on where the league is right now that we've got Zion, LeBron, and KD, three guys who were on the All-NBA team last year, three teams who are f- trying to find their footing. Paul George, uh, Kyrie. Well, I mean, Paul's going to be – I know, but Paul's going to be out for a while. That's a new injury. Um, but, like, like now, there's Kyrie each of those teams – day-to-day, but who, who knows how long that thing could link. I know, but my point is each of those three teams is going to have to make a decision here with a superstar yeah. player about whether to bring them back or not in a season mm-hmm. where they're all like around 500. Well, the Suns are above 500. The Suns are heading the wrong direction. They've lost seven to nine, but. Um, I thought the Suns were going to be fine. Well, it was all good. Let's do trivia. Wow. The, the, and the then rapport, we'll talk about the, the rapport on this podcast <laughs> has, has taken a turn for the worse. I'm no, just just having a little fun. That's all. I who the Let's host do is. trivia, then we'll talk about the Suns. I do remember who the host is. That's why I was needling on. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. 
One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. And now to present today's trivia question, the whiz of the quiz, Tim Bontemps. The great Willis Reed, the captain, passed away this week. Two uh, trivia questions about him. One should be, I think, be pretty easy. There are three players in NBA history who won MVP, All-Star Game MVP, and Finals MVP in the same season. One of them is Willis Reed. Who are the other two? I'm going to guess LeBron. I mean, I would... LeBron is incorrect. Whoa. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten Willis Reed on that, so... Well, I, that's why, I mean, Willis Reed was the first one to do it. There's one, there's one thing. The hard one, I think, on this is, is, is All-Star Game MVP. I don't remember any All-Star Because game. who remembers uh, any of them? Yeah. You're just guessing. Kareem? Kareem? Nope. Well, wow. I'm going to guess Jordan just because he won so Jordan, many Jordan did it twice. Then one um, other player did it one time. Yeah, I just don't see Kareem as being an All-Star Game MVP. Um, it was uh, another center. I'll say that. It was another center. I'm going to say Moses Malone. Not Kareem. It was not Moses Malone. Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. All right. That it wasn't bad. Bit. It was a good it question. A bit. We, we worked our way through it. You giving that last hint brought it home, to be honest. It did. Uh, the other question I was going to ask, which is probably going to take too long anyway, so I'll skip it, was how many... Uh, Willis was also the first player to win multiple finals MVPs because the award didn't start till I think, 1968 or 69. So, like, Bill Russell didn't count for it. There were, I think, 10 or 11 guys that did it. Um, but the other question is just better because it was shorter. But just wanted to highlight Willis Reed. Oh, you're going to ask one of the all-time... Won, who's won multiple finals MVPs? Yeah, because there, Le- there are, like, nine of them. So we can go well, through okay. it if you want. We can go through it. Le- LeBron... Kobe, Brian, yep, Shaq, yep, uh, obviously Jordan, yep, um, LeBron, Kobe, Shaq, Jordan, Bird, Magic, Kareem, yep. Uh, so you said how many? There's eleven. Eleven? Well, hell, when do you? Well, how many is that get? I, I forgot how many fingers. <laughs> I was I using just, the thumb? You're just, you're just whipping through. <laughs> I was just listening to be. Was, honest was I at seven or eight? You you got I think eight of them. Okay, good. Because all right, did, did I got confused. It, did Isaiah win both those Pistons? Nope. Nope. Joe Dumars won one of those. That's okay. right. Um, bu- 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 I'm trying to think of uh, Kobe, Shaq. You, you said Jordan, LeBron, Shaq, Kobe, Bird. Gave you Willis, and I believe you said Kareem. So there's Duncan. one. Tim Duncan. Oh, yeah. Dunk, Duncan there's, for sure. There's three, there's three guys you have not named so far. Four guys. Four guys. All couple couple pass Hall of Fame players. Jerry West. No. Uh, you know, no, Jerry West was too old. Actually, because yeah. you said Tim Duncan, there's three. Three names left. I said Jerry West won one 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 year when he didn't win. He was he's the only person to win it, one beyond on the losing team. So one of them was in one of them's an all-time great from the eighties. You haven't said yet. You said bird. I said so, bird and magic. Oh, I didn't hear you say magic. Okay. So he's he did he, say oh, one. He, I didn't I just Akeem, didn't hear you. Uh, Akeem. Akeem. 
And then there, the, the other two guys you haven't mentioned are the most recent ones to do it. Oh, duh. KD. KD is one. Oh, yeah. He won two. The most recent. So, oh, Kawhi. And Kawhi is the other one. That's because I was, I was thinking I was thinking teams that won multiple titles, but obviously Kawhi is the exception there. That's right. All right, that wasn't a bad one. So there you go. Good job. I'm glad you glad you're grading the All trivia right. questions though. I did say after Durant got hurt, after spending time with the Suns, that they would probably I felt they would still be winning. That they would keep their head above water. And all I'm gonna say is two things. They are, they are still in fourth. They are still in fourth. That's right. Two things before Bontemps dances on me. One, they're still in fourth place. Although if the Clippers win tonight, they're going to essentially tie them. Uh, the percentage points, I think, might mm. still favor Phoenix. But they're still in fourth place. They haven't lost any ground technically. And Aiton has gotten hurt. Also, here's the thing. We didn't, because I was more toward the windy side of this discussion. And it wasn't, hey, the Suns are going to light the world on fire without KD. It's that well, Brian did sort of think that. Did I didn't think they're going to light the world on fire, but I did think that they had two games left with Sack. I thought, and I mean, the, yeah. the first, I thought they might get to three, which I thought that clearly I thought not going to be happening. I thought they would stay in four. My point was, I didn't think that injury, knock on wood, Katie will be back by the playoffs, impacted their their title hopes. No, I know. I was just, I was just given. Brian no, no, you a hard time. No, because a, he was. No, hey, you're it's not being. A, you're, it's, you're, it's fair. It's been a huge letdown, and they are consistently bitching about the officiating. You, you're talking about, you know. Cuban oh, they are. Oh no, that hey boy, let me tell you, there's this uh, co conspiracy to make sure the Suns get uh, doubled up on the free throw line. I mean, these refs are having secret meetings well, and, and again, concierge lounges and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> well, and again, as we, as we have talked about, the Suns are 28th in the NBA in free throw attempt rate. We talked about it before Durant got hurt. We talked about it since they do not, they, they're a jump shooting team that does not put pressure on the rim. They do not get a lot of foul shots. It's not mm-hmm. some grand conspiracy against the Suns that they don't get calls. They don't have guys to get to the foul line. It's just the way it is, especially not with Kevin Durant, because at least with him and Devin Booker, they have a couple of guys who sometimes get to the line. And without him, it's just Devin Booker and then a bunch of guys who can't really dribble and just are shooters. And so you're not going to get foul shots. And, and if you play against Giannis, you're going to give up a ton of foul shots. Like, it's just how it is. There's been two rants in the last week from Monty. Last night in L.A., I think earlier I said the game was in Phoenix. It was in L.A. Booker had 12 free throws. Austin Reeves had 13, baby. <laughs> well, that's the <laughs> thing. I will say this. Like, while I while I know Monty is complaining about it, and um, I think I I think I mentioned one of the things that they are pointing at is Mikhail Bridges free throw rate doubling when he went to Brooklyn. I don't I think the Suns know they just foul too much. I I I think it's a it's a combination of yeah, they're a jump shooting team. But also their defense has yeah, and they foul a lot. Yeah. Has gotten into some bad habits. They just they put their hands on people, and so it's a combination of both. But like, you know, last night they're freaking out because it's uh, forty six to twenty in the free throws in an eleven point game. But this, it, if it keeps happening over and over and over, it dulls your case. If it happens every night. Yeah. It dulls your case. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not. Yeah, they they need to stop fouling, which Monty has also, said at times, and they don't get they don't draw foul shots. And generally, Monty, 
for the most of his career there has been a kind of a no excuse. He kind of preaches a no excuse attitude and they're kind of pointing at excuses here. Um, well, it's hard. It, it's harder to say that my team isn't very good. And my point from my point from when Durant got hurt was that this is a team with four good players. One of them is Chris Paul, who is a billion years old. And if you have kept you extract, you subtract Kevin Durant from that mix. There's just not a lot of talent there, especially after they traded Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges. I mean, th- and this is one thing. Now, now Tory Craig actually had a good game in LA. You what you were saying is you didn't you thought their players five through eight weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. I thought they could stitch it together. That was my position. And the fact that Landry Shamit came back, he missed like two months with a foot injury. Mm-hmm. He's come back and like immediately after not playing for two months immediately became their best bench player, like far and away the most productive bench player. Yeah. Underscores your, your point. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> um, and, and, and also like we're talking about this thing with Zion, like, look, Kevin Durant has just generally taken a while to come back from injuries. He's in his he mid thirties. He comes back a house. Of I know fun. he comes back great, but the idea he's just going to walk back on the court and be playing 45 minutes a game and it's all going to be fine. I just think, strains credulity no. that's that's the problem i with agree the i i think it's it's a hard sell right now to believe that they're going to do this and they were the bet i think they i think they well they, they were they the betting Denver? favorite i mean they, well, they, they were the betting favorite but the the vegas as we've seen with like mvp and things too the vegas doesn't have a lot of idea what's going on and look the best argument you can make for the suns is the west stinks and none of these teams are good and if kevin durant and devin booker are healthy who's going to beat them like that's the default argument is the best argument for them, because, you know, I still would and say it, Golden State if Wiggins comes back, but who knows if he's coming back? We're two weeks in the regular season. We still have no update on him. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Do you think, and I just looked this up, do you think the fact that ISOs and pick and roll ball handler uh, possessions for Macau Bridges, the fact that those have tripled since he's gone to Brooklyn? <laughs> yes. Do, do you think that has anything to do with him getting fouled more often? I, I got, I got, equally I'm, I'm just asking. I got equally I, annoyed at this rant about Mikhail Bridges the other day. I was like, yeah, he's got a, his fair usage rate just skyrocketing. Of course, well, of course I, he's getting I, more foul shots. And I saw maybe I saw when he played Suns in Phoenix, fans. he shouldn't have had a usage rate of like 12%. I yeah, think he asked Monty Williams for that point. They put something together like his shot profile is not that different. There's a big difference than when if your layups are coming off of cuts and if your layups are coming off of you got the ball in your hand, you're attacking off the dribble. You know what part of the shot profile is different? The shot number. He's doing a lot more shooting. Like maybe you should have been shooting more. Well, that, well that's the thing. Well, that, that's why they, they use the word rate as opposed to sheer volume. But my point is the Suns know they foul too much. Okay. Regardless of what they may say publicly, they know that they do. All right. Before we go, McMahon, wondered if you could talk to us about your little four days in Memphis and uh, the jaw situation. I understand that, they're sh- that they were showing support for their player. Of yeah. course, everybody's gonna gonna cheer for him, but the, the 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 you know the kind of stance that the everybody seemed to not everybody, but it came off that you know like you know he's pushing back against you know adversity. I mean, this situation was you know it was a self inflicted yeah, situation, and I and I mean they got to move on. I get it. Well, fortunately, it wasn't a self-inflicted wound, but certainly that's a situation where there could have been one. I don't know about that, but but, um, anyway. But no, like there's... And also what do you think about the Grizzlies going forward too? 
So honestly, I, I've said this before. I, I believe it now. I think the fact that there was this kind of like, hey, wake up call, you know, call it a crisis, whatever you want to call it, with Ja, where he was going to have to realize that, okay, man, like, this is a serious situation. He's going to have to list with some people, he's, whether it's, you know, focus on mental health, managing stress, however you want to present it publicly. Like, dude, the way things were going, got to slow down, you know, got to not just tap the brakes, but hit the brakes pretty hard. I think that can be a good thing for the Grizzlies the rest of this season and and, and hopefully long term. Um, I think, you know, basketball-wise, Ja's going to be Ja, you know, and like I I would be I I would be really surprised if he was just tearing it up on out in the clubs and doing all this other stuff for the rest of the season. And like the but his dude, whatever he did before, his performance has always been great. This isn't an on-court. Uh, well, yeah, although I, and I looked up his home road splits, they weren't drastically different. I, I, I think that if you, if you talk to people, you can find road games where he wasn't necessarily locked in the game plan defensively, you know, the little effort things that you could find some of that, but, uh, hopefully, you know, that stuff will be cleared up. Uh, and again, the guy, I mean, he's a superstar, right? The only reason he like this might have cost him all NBA, but nobody argues that he's that he's an, an all NBA talent. Um, my biggest concerns about uh, and I will say one other little silver lining here is this really like they needed Jared Jackson to uh, he's defense player of your front they needed him to really kind of step up on the offensive end, and that dude has been hooping. I mean, just had 37 in the game last night. He's more aggressive, I think, than he's ever been. Uh, I mean, for a 6'11", you know, big body guy, like he does some things that are guard-like with the ball in his hands. And, you know, not to mention just like he can get down there and physically and athletically overpower uh, people. And so, you know, I think they need Jaron to be uh, – a star to have to have a chance. And and he's certainly, it's funny, he hates the word potential, hates it because he's heard it so much, heard it all his life, heard it all his NBA career. Somebody asked him a question about the way he's been hooping offensively last night, and he sarcastically used the word potential like eight times in his answer. <laughs> but we're we're seeing some of his potential. And you know, oh, like, you just did it. Well, it's true, because it's true. You know, I mean, and you look at the games, and this is including last night, but the games since Ja went out, uh, he is averaging on 53.5% shooting, 24 points per game. They need that type of player from Jaron Jackson, uh, especially because he's going to have to play major minutes. Brandon Clark's gone. Steven Adams they don't like you have, have to assume idea. he's you have to assume Steven Adams is gone too. You, yeah, you, you if, can't uh, assume he's going to be back because again, he's at, getting reevaluated yeah. when the playoffs start. He's probably not going to be available. Well, he's, and he's at, already had a setback. That's right. right. At this at this point, if Steven Adams is able to play in the playoffs, that would that uh, would have to be considered that's a bonus. Uh, a, a significant bonus. Um, but you know, we we've talked about the West. Like, can the Grizzlies win the West? Sure. Somebody has to. I don't know if they. I don't know. I don't know if they're fine in the West. Let but me tell you what the strongest case. 
in my opinion, the strongest case for the Grizzlies win in the West is they've had the best defense in the West for the entire season. Well, actually, that's not true. Since Jaron Jackson started playing. Okay. They have the number two defense. I don't know if the updates from tonight. They have the number two defense in the league. Mm -hmm. And the top like seven or eight defenses other than the Grizzlies are all in the East. Now, I said this before, when you when you're parsing defensive rating, they're really tightly packed. You're either at the top in the middle or at the bottom. The Grizzlies have been in the top all year, and most of the teams at the top are in the are in the east. The only other team that sniffed it has been the the Suns. So so the Grizzlies, if you're a Grizzlies fan and you want to present your case to anybody about why you think your team can win four rounds or at least win three rounds, they've def- they defend. And they, um, yes. Even 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 with losing Stephen Adams, where they lose a certain aspect of their defense, um, they've been able to consistently get get that done. I mean, the biggest thing they lose to Stephen Adams is their offense falls apart often, and Stephen Adams has had one of the great offensive rebounding seasons of all time this season. And just the extra possessions yeah. he provides them, it's even more important than on the defensive end, both with his screening for Ja and the amount yeah. of extra shots they get. Um, but yeah, since. Yeah. And so that's I just, I just looked it up since, since, right. That's the biggest flaw. And since, since Jaron came back in mid November, they have the best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Right. And, that. and, and, and they weren't good defensively uh, no. before. And again, I think that's like, he's got a, I don't know. I don't know how he wouldn't win defense player of the year this year, to be honest with you. I think he's got that strong. You can make a case for Brooke Lopez. Case. You can maybe make a case for another guy or two, but I certainly, the, I haven't, the, I haven't go, completely studied it yet, but certainly as of now, Jaron would have my vote. Yeah. And then, um, you know, th- their biggest flaw outside of, Hey, who's going to rebound if, uh, if Adams can't play is they've been a mediocre half court offensive team all season long. And that gets me right back to, they need Jaron to continue to play like this. Like they need him to be a 20 plus point per game scorer if they're going to go uh, deeper than they went last year. All right. Well, we're all over the country here. And uh, thanks for staying up late with us, Jackson, our producer, after uh, going to the game. Thank you. We got to get more Jackson scouting reports. We got to make that a weekly feature. Let's, let's hear about the Yankee starting rotation after his week <laughs> in, in, in uh, Florida. Um, Bond temps. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. McMahon. Thank you, Jackson. Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective. We will talk to you guys uh, at the beginning of next week. Adios, amigos.